0: All right, now back in making his 13th appearance with me here on Next on the Tee is one of my all-time favorite guests, and that's Bob Friend Jr. Let me remind you about Bob's background. He's from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Played his college golf at LSU, where he and David Toms, plus the rest of their LSU teammates, won the 1986 SEC Championship. He had 11 college career top 10 finishes. He won the Pennsylvania State Championship in back-to-back years in 1984 and '85. Turned pro in 87. He's played on what's now the Corn Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour, and the Champions Tours. He had five top 10 finishes his rookie year on the Corn Ferry Tour, including a second place finish at the El Paso Open. Got his first win at the 1991 Fort Wayne Open. He had five top 10 finishes in 1994, three more in 97. In all, he's finished in the top 10 27 times. Baseball fans, you'll remember his father, Bob Friend Sr., who pitched in the major leagues from 1951 to 1966, mostly with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and was a key member of their 1960 World Series championship team that beat the New York Yankees. Bob has been a great friend of the show over the years, and I'm thrilled to have him back again with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Bob, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Well, Chris, it's always, it's always good to be part of your show. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Well, Bob, like you know, everything that's been crazy out in the world over the last you know month plus. How how are you do How are things up there? How are things in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, it's been a little annoying, uh, to be honest with you. you know the the what, what what I think what makes aggravates everybody is that uh, Pennsylvania is basically there's two areas. Uh, you've got Philly, you've got Eastern Pennsylvania and Western Pennsylvania, and I think what's aggravated a lot of people throughout our country really. Is that the narrative for the most populous portions of a state or the country are dictating what happens to the rest of the state, rest of the country. And so we're Philadelphia and look, and, and this thing is, it's a serious thing. There isn't any question about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's killed quite a few people, uh, very, very serious and not to be taken lightly. But when you have Western part of the state, you know, our cases are relatively low compared to the eastern part of the state, yet we've been closed basically the same amount of time. Now, finally, uh, the governor of the state of Pennsylvania allowed us to start playing golf on May 1st. um, And then my portion, which I handle now, is real estate. I'm now the sales director for Howard Hanna Real Estate Services out of the Squirrel Hill office. Um, He's finally opening up real estate for the first time May 15th, and the, you know, the odd thing is you take a look at it and there's no it, it's, it's everybody's been put in a very difficult position. But when you go and you take a look at uh, a large grocery store chain here in Pittsburgh called Giant Eagle, uh, you've got 500 people milling around Giant Eagle milling around the store. And then you have uh, where somebody wants to show a vacant house with nobody in it. Uh, the seller's agent's not there. The buyer's agent's not there. The only people that are walk into the house are buyers. And somehow the governor figured that that was less safe than 500 people walking around a crowded grocery store. So uh, nonetheless, we were finally starting to play some golf. Unfortunately, the weather has been lousy. Uh, I'm 56 years old. I've played in all types of conditions. But uh, two days ago, we actually had snow uh, (laughs) on May 10th on Mother's Day. It was, I mean, literally, um, you know, I've got some mulched beds around my house and literally the snow stuck in the beds on may 10th i've never seen anything like it chris but uh everything's good we're healthy here we've been hunkered down for the most part but uh fortunately uh you know everybody in my family everybody in my circle uh has been healthy and nobody's been struck by this uh, covid virus
0: so um i gotta I, before we get into all the golf stuff bob i gotta go back and ask you: are you still basking in the afterglow of the lsu national championship
1: you bet I am. You know, I I have the greatest wife in the world. You know, I got I got uh my wife Claire uh had never been to a college football game before. So, we were dating, started dating in 2018. And so Claire, she went to Ohio University then transferred to Chatham College, which is a smaller school here in Pittsburgh. Never been to a college football game. So we'd been dating about 2 or 3 months. And I said, you know, we were started we got on the subject cuz you know, I'm a huge Tiger fan as you know. And um she said, you know, I've never been to a college football game. I said, well, we've got to go. So I make some calls. I'm, I'm, I'm always treated very well when I go down to Baton Rouge. And so I get arranged for tickets. And the nice thing, when I go to games, I always get on-field passes. And so Claire, who had never been to a college football game, I took her to the LSU-Georgia game in wow. 2018. Oh, 103,000 people. We did. We got to New Orleans on uh, Thursday night. We never saw, We didn't see a cloud for four days. It was beautiful. She got the whole experience, and then she just she is she's almost as big a fan as I am. So fast forward in November. Now my daughter, who just graduated from the University of Colorado at Boulder, um, she had dad's weekend. It was the same weekend as LSU Alabama. So I'm like, oh gosh, but I got to go. So I go out there to Boulder. I'm with my my buddy Toby O'Brien, whose daughter goes out there as well. And it's Colorado Stanford. Now look, I love my daughter. I'm a proud, you know, Colorado Buffalo dad, but I'm an LSU guy. So we we had (laughs) box seats. My my daughter works the athletic director, Rick George, who used to be the uh the commissioner of the PGA Tour champions and also uh he was the tournament chairman for the tournament that on the PGA Tour we were in Mormon. So I've known Rick for a long time. So Libby works for Rick, got his tickets, club level. We watched about four minutes of the Colorado-Stanford game. We spent most of the time inside at the club level having a few beers, watching LSU beat Alabama. So Sunday night, it's kind of a long story. So Sunday night, I come home. Claire and I, we got married in September. We bought a house together. And I, you know, a late night flight, I roll into my house at one o'clock in the morning. The lights are on the front of the house and I pull up my driveway. And Claire, while I was gone, had purchased and hung an LSU flag at my house, so here I am in Pittsburgh. Everybody knows whose house it is because I'm the only person with an LSU flag flying. And uh, and Claire, she is she is an enormous LSU fan now, and we were both uh, we were both delighted. And I I think that when you go and you take a look at that team, you take a look at the coach. Um, I I just think it was it was meant to be. The coach O was an unbelievable coach, in the season. That Joe Burrow had, um, is, you know, obviously it's one for the record books, but you know, the, he's just such a wonderful kid. And everybody that watched his Heisman acceptance speech, when you go and you, you realize that, you know, just by talking about, uh, you know, Southeastern Ohio and Athens County and how impoverished it is, you know, just by, just by those words raising over half a million dollars for the food pantry, um, and every, from every indication, uh that i've heard is that he showed up you know obviously the number one pick the the bengals got him they got rid of andy dalton um everybody in the with with regard to the bengals is saying that the kid showed up like four or five months ahead of anybody else because he's been studying the playbook since like january and um you know it's unheard of but it was it was a wonderful wonderful season 15 and 0 and um Clemson was a hell of a football team, but uh, the real Tigers won that night.
0: So you mentioned Burrow now as a Bengal. As We are both Steeler fans. How are you going to feel yes. about him showing up in a Bengals uniform?
1: Well, I tell you, I'm going to be, I am going to be pulling for him. I pray that he does not get hurt because I, I genuinely like this kid. Uh, he's just a nice kid. He's humble. He's worked his rear end off. I'm gonna pray that Joe Burrow throws for four hundred yards and the Bengals lose twenty one to seven. How's that? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, you got um, that's what you gotta do. You gotta put you can you can pull for the kid, but you, you, can't pull for the, you can't pull for the team. you so can't again, pull for the team. No. Right. One touchdown one touchdown, four hundred yards, no interceptions, doesn't get hurt and his team loses twenty one to seven. That'd be just fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Um, I wanna get an update on your son Andrew. I know he was uh playing college golf down at uh, Central Alabama Community College for Dave Jennings, um, with uh obviously schools getting cut short this year and that sort of thing. What's going on with Andrew?
1: Well Andrew had uh he had a nice summer, he played well in some tournaments, then he got to school and played pretty well in the fall, and then this thing hit. Um he had qualified for the for, you know, the next tournament and um and the whole season got canceled. Now, what the nice thing that the, that the National Junior College Athletic Association did is that they gave all of the kids, you know, it's a two-year school. So if when you're in your, when you're second year, you're basically a senior. They gave them all a, uh, a bonus year. So their eligibility, everything is good. So Andrew is going to transfer to another junior college in Birmingham called Jefferson County. Um, that's because Dave, you know, Dave, you know, as as everybody who pays any attention to college golf, you know these coaches, they make their they make their teams two and three years in advance. And so when this thing hit, and then when the when the when the the gratis year was gifted, Coach Jennings called me up. He said, Look, he said, I I love him, he said, but I all my scholarships are gone. And he said, So I've made some calls and so Andrew's gonna go in and the nice thing is with this program, again it's another very small school just outside of Birmingham. But they uh, they play in practice at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, and they play almost an identical schedule to what Dave Jennings does. Within the you know, if anybody follows golf uh, rapidly, uh, you know they won the uh, they won the national championship in 2019. So this this little Jefferson County Community College is uh, play the same schedule. So Andrew's going to get a lot of exposure, a lot of experience. His grades were good and uh, Lord willing, he's going to have a very good summer. And we found out today, he played very well last year in the Eastern Amber. We found out that that tournament's been canceled. And so, uh, you know, we're praying that some of these other tournaments that he's going to get into do not get canceled. And then he'll move on to Jefferson County in the fall and hopefully have a good year. Then uh, Lord willing in uh, 21, 2021, he's going to be playing division one golf for his last two years. So it's a roundabout way to go about it. But, uh, as 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 your as your listeners probably remember or if they're familiar, if they're Bubba Watson fan Bubba Watson fans, uh Bubba Watson made this made the same type of thing. He played two years at a junior college, ended up going to Georgia, you know, wins two master titles. Paul Aisinger did the same thing, went to Brevard. Paul couldn't play dead in the Western and uh goes to Brevard and he, he learned how to play the game of golf, goes to Florida State. And, um, you know, ended up winning the uh, the PGA Championship at 12 other times on the PGA Tour. So there's different ways to go about it. And uh, Andrew is trem- tremendously talented. He was out uh, playing and practicing today at about seven thirty eight o'clock this morning. And uh, he's going to have a good summer. And he's looking forward to playing uh, this coming fall at Jefferson County.
0: Uh, well, good for him. And I wish him all the best. Uh, look forward to seeing, watching his success while he's down there. Um, switching gears a little bit, Bob, obviously COVID-19 is is all the rage and, and that sort of thing. I, I wanted to get your thoughts as a guy who played on tour for as many years as you did, and now knowing about COVID-19 and how contagious it can be, and you know even asymptomatic people obviously can can uh, uh, pass it along. Would would it give you pause playing out on the tour right now, interacting with fans and all the people that are associated? With a, with a PGA Tour event, the volunteers and all that sort of thing, would you be nervous at all playing?
1: No, I I I personally would not be, Chris, but I understand, um, you know, some people might be. And, and I take a look at it, number one, I, I always take a look at the glasses half full. And so <clears throat> when you take a look at this virus, and again, it's devastating, especially devastating among the older community um, and people that have pre-existing conditions. I mean, what this thing has done to, the elderly and in senior homes, it's just it's devastating. Um, but when you take a look at it, it has about a 98 and percent survival rate. So this is not like something where if you get it, it's a death sentence. Uh, looking at myself personally, uh, I have I have never smoked in my life. Um, I am I'm healthy as healthy can be. I have no pre-existing conditions. I have no respiratory issues, and I, I personally would not be you know, in the in the least bit concerned about it. Um, now, if you have somebody that has been, you know, that's you know, forty forty years old or so that was playing on the PG Tour and had smoked for, you know, ten, twelve years, fifteen years, that might be a totally different thing. Uh, but no, for me personally, I would not be I would not be in the least bit concerned, and I I take the precautions. I mean, one of the things that we did at Howard Hanna, real estate services, and uh, just so people know, Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. Is the third largest real estate company in the United States, and we only operate in nine states. Uh, the volume that we create in the states in which we operate is immense. Um, and we are, we're also the largest family owned real estate company in the United States. We closed our offices uh, March 18th. And so I've basically been working out of my home office here for just about two months. And um, Taking all the precautions. I don't you know, I don't you know, obviously you can't go out to restaurants, um, you know, you can't go to movie theaters, this, that, and the other. So literally my, my travels during the course of the day have been, you know, going to the grocery store, going to the office once or twice a week to make sure that everything is running properly in there with especially with mail and contracts coming in. But I've 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 paid attention to it, but I'm not I'm not fearful of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. And Bob, we as we see you, the PGA Tour is going to get back out there, the Champions Tour, all the, you know, all the tours are going to come back uh, in a few weeks. But having come, having them come back, it's going to be without fans at least initially. At at what point, And it sounds like you you're almost in the camp of why not now? But what what point do you think the PGA Tour is going to allow people back to watch?
1: I think that they're probably going to take a look. I, I think that they're going to pay very close attention. To number one, to see as, as they play, I'm going to think they're going to t- pay close attention to see if the players or caddies get it. And I don't know what they're going to do with caddies. It might be something where the caddies actually use a cart. Um, and their are distance from the player. You know, when you sit in the cart and they got the clubs in the back, uh, you don't have, you can, you can get within, you know, you can stay six feet apart. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the caddies. But I think that what this PGA tour is going to do, they're going to take a look in the city by city basis where the tour plays. They're going to take a look at the rate of the infection. They're going to probably take a look at the death rate and they're going to probably, you know, maybe try it for two or three weeks and see how it goes. And if you've got a spike where a ton of players are getting sick or caddies are getting sick or the rules officials are getting sick, then it, 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 it end up they could end up calling off the rest of the season. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, the good thing, the nice thing about professional athletes, not just golf, but all around. I mean, they're young people, and for the most part, they don't smoke, and for the most part, they're very healthy. Again, I think that I, I don't want to necessarily say that it's all all much ado about nothing because it's not. But again, you have to take a look that it, even if you get it, it's not an automatic death sentence. 98.5% survival rate with this thing. So it's most people that get it. Uh, vast majority of them, they, you know, they, they feel terrible for about a week to 10 days, kind of like you would if you got a serious case of the regular flu. Um, but I think that I think moving forward, I think we're going to start seeing fans. We're supposed to start up in the middle of June. I think you're going to start seeing fans by the middle of July. And I think that by the time, you know, the US Open, the Masters comes in the fall, I think you're going to see full galleries. And I think that a lot of people are going to. You know, get 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 rid of the, you know, the, the first knee jerk reaction in terms of, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? The sky is falling and realize, yeah, OK, you know, the people that are the people that are in the high risk areas are the people that should be quarantined. And if you're you know, if you do get it, you know, obviously you want to stay away from, uh you know, the people in the high risk groups. But I think that by the time I think after about a month, I think the PGA Tour is going to be rocking and rolling with fans out there.
0: So let's talk about two of the things you just mentioned. You talk about if a caddy or someone, one of the players, uh, were to get it. If that is is that the tipping point? If, if at some point we get it, we understand, we hear that a player has come down with it or a caddy has tested positive. Is that the shutdown moment?
1: No, I think that what they'll probably end up doing is they'll probably end up quarantining that individual player. I think that uh, the same thing with the caddy. I think that, I think if you sit there so, uh you know let's say that you know let's say that they get when they play memorial in july and they're in columbus ohio and next thing you know the following week you know 32 players come down with this thing then i think that they're going to have to take a look at it but if it's a sporadic thing where one or two players get it um i just think that they're probably gonna end up quarantining those players and i'm sure that they're going to take temperatures and they're going to take swabs and all this that and the other Tours. You know, they don't want to they don't want to put their players at risk. They certainly don't want to put the fans at risk, but also to realize that the players, uh, you know, they're independent contractors. They don't have to play. The I, You know, you talk about these players, Chris. And here's you know, I take a look at the years I was on on the PJ Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour and the Champions Tour. You know, the, the greatest next to the birth of my kids, the, the greatest day. Ever was when I got my PGA tour card for the first time. And I, you know, I went to Q school and my, I was a journeyman. I didn't have a cup of coffee until I had like a cup of coffee, a ham sandwich, and maybe like a muffin for, for dessert. It was a,
0: <laughs> it wasn't exactly
1: a flash in the pan. I spent enough time out there and, and, uh, and had opportunities to win on the PGA tour, but I can tell you that it, that getting your PGA tour card is it literally you, you eat, sleep and drink and dream about it since the moment you started playing golf and to finally achieve the status of being a PGA tour member, where you're playing on television, you're playing the greatest golf courses in the world against your heroes. It is the greatest event next to watching your child get born. Um, I feel so terribly for the guys that that grounded out on the corn Ferry tour last year, to receive full exempt status on the PJ tour. Cause so it's a dream come true. It's a year long grind on the corn Ferry tour, get the card finally on the PJ tour only to have this happen. I mean, yeah. it is such a, I, I can't, I cannot imagine the pit in everybody's stomach when, you know, after midway through round one of the players championship, the tour said, um, we're done for the year. Let's see where we are. I just, just, the level of disappointment to me is mind numbing. I feel terrible for those kids.
0: The other thing you talked about are some of the events coming up later in the fall, right? We've got the Masters now in November, and we got the Ryder Cup. I mean, with a a fanless, a patronless Masters and a fanless Ryder Cup are two things I can't fathom, Bob. If we got to that, yeah. Is is it going
1: to be the. I don't think it's going to be the case, Chris. I honestly don't. I think that, uh, again, I honestly think, number one, you know, again, as I stated, I'm, I'm a, I'm an optimist. Uh, number one, I know that the greatest minds, not only in our country, but around the world, are doing everything they possibly can to get this virus figured out and to come up with some type of a vaccine, some type of remedy. A lot of resources being poured into it, and a lot of very big brain people are working on this. Number two, I honestly think that you know you can start to see it now with the states opening up. You know, people are getting a little bit fed up, and they're looking at the numbers like, an "Okay, yeah, oh, it's it's nothing to laugh at." But you know, I, I've got a friend of mine uh, who owns a little business out in uh, Monterey, California, named Phil Robinson. The Phil was the tour rep for Orlamar Golf when I was on tour. He was, he is absolutely beautiful. It's hilarious. He's, he's from the UK and he's got this little restaurant bar that he ha- owns out of Monterey called Britannia arms. And he made the point, he said, look, he said, there are 450. Now this was two weeks ago. Now it might change now, but two weeks ago, he said there's 455,000 people that live in Monterey County. He said, we have had five deaths and we have closed everything down and people are losing their businesses. So I, I think that by the time we come to November, uh, for the Masters in September and October, I, I think that you're gonna, you're gonna have fans. It might be something where they limit it, but I think that there are gonna be fans. I think, uh, you know, at the Masters, we'll have patrons. We will have galleries. And I think that the initial shock of this thing will have, will have worn off to a certain extent. We can start seeing some people go to college football games and basketball games. I, I think that we'll get through that. But, uh, you know, the Ryder Cup just would not be the same if, without fans. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And especially the roars on the back nine of Augusta National Golf League. It would be really, yep. really strange.
0: Yep, agreed. Bob, one more before I let you go, and I, and I want to switch gears because I know you're doing some some teaching from time to time, and uh, I want to get a quick tip from you because one of the things that I hear from from your peers is one of the biggest differences between weekend hackers like me and pros like you is you guys hit the ball in the center of the club face almost every time, and, and we do not. Um, I wanted to see if you could give us a tip for how can we do a better job of squaring the club face and getting center contact more frequently?
1: That's a great question. So everybody that's listening has to remember that the golf swing and how you swing the golf club is built around four components. It's built around your grip, your posture, your ball position, your alignment. Okay. Those four things are going to dictate how you swing the golf club. The most important component is the grip. So the, the best way to describe how you grip a golf club, and and not every grip is the same for every person because we're all built a little bit differently, but if you can imagine if you stand straight up and you've got your feet, you know, the instep, the width of your stance should be about the the, the, about the inside of your hips should be equidistant to the, the the instep of your feet. Okay, that's about how wide your feet should be. Any wider than that, you, you're basically are restricting lateral motion. More narrow, you can't do lateral motion, it doesn't support lateral motion, it supports vertical motion, such as jumping. So with your feet set, like I said, the instep about as wide as your hip sockets, <clears throat> just let's just stand and let your arms hang down to your side. And when you look straight down, your lead hand, if you're right handed, it's gonna be your left hand, if, if you're right if you're left handed, it's gonna be your right hand. You look down, you see how many knuckles do you see on the top of your left, on your lead hand. I'll save this, make it easy just for your right-handed players on your left hand. So when my arm hangs down to my side, I look down, I see two and a half knuckles on my left side. So the way you want to grip the golf club is you grip the golf club looking straight down, not with your head tilted to the left, looking straight down. If you can see two to three knuckles, the same as you did when your left hand is laying at your side, it's just resting as you would hanging from your shoulders. The club face is going to be returned to square more often than not because the natural position for your left hand, when it's at your left side is that's where the moment of impact is for, for a right-handed player, the moment of impact, basically your left arm is returning to your left side. So if you grip it, you, like I said, when your arm's hanging down, you see two to three knuckles, when you grip the golf club, you should see those same two to three knuckles on top of that club. And when you do that, you'll see the V created between your index finger and your thumb goes towards your right shoulder. Your right hand comes on and basically just mirrors that. The, the point is this. If your arms are just swinging, okay, and that, that you grip the club properly, when you see the, mold, the, the knuckles up at, at address, the same knuckles are going to be up at the moment of impact, you do not have to manipulate your forearms or your hands in a millisecond to square the club face up. The other thing that I would see that I see a lot with players is, is posture. Here's the, here's the number one thing you have to remember. And, and posture is, it, it's, it's very simple. All the other sports that all the other play, all the other golfers have played. Okay. So the people out there listening, they've all played baseball. They've played basketball. They've played football and they've wrestled the same setup position in the game of golf is identical to each of those. So you think about a guy playing shortstop. You've got a little flex in your knees. Your butt is up and out. Your back is relatively straight and you've got the weight on the balls of your feet in terms of the width of your stance. Again, I go back to the instep is as wide as your hip socket. So you can support lateral motion yet still promote rotation in your lower body. Okay. So not to get technical. If you're going to play basketball, you're going to guard somebody in basketball. Your feet are going to be about the same distance apart as they would be in the golf swing. Your back is erect. Your butt is up and out and the weight's on the balls of your feet. Just stick a golf club in your hand and that is an athletic posture. Most people have terrible posture and they have a terrible grip. So I think that if you can do just those two things right there, you're going to see a dramatic improvement in your in your ball striking ability. You know, it's a, it's I remember years ago I I played a, a number of casual rounds with Jack Nicklaus and uh, also had the opportunity to play a couple practice rounds with him at Memorial um, I ran into the locker room. He said, Hey, friend, let's go play. So Jack Nicholas asked you to go play a practice round. You're going to go play a practice round. <laughs> but I always remembered him talking about, you know, he was talking with his son, Jackie, who was out there just kind of walking around with him. And we were friends and, you know, he, he always talked about making an athletic pass at the golf ball, make an athletic motion at the golf ball. You can't make an athletic motion at the golf ball. If you don't have good posture and good balance to begin with. And it's the same thing with every other sport. If you get yourself in a good athletic posture to start, chances are really good you're going to finish in good, balanced, athletic posture at the end.
0: Well, Bob, before I let you go, and thank you very much for that tip. You've talked about uh, the real estate business and what you're doing now, but uh, let folks know about that and how they can stay up to date with you, whether it's following you online or it's on social media.
1: Well, I do, uh, I have a website. It's Bob. It's, uh, HowardHanna.com, uh, forward slash Bob Friend. And I also do, uh, you know, I'm also pretty active on Twitter, which is, uh, at BobFriend underscore golf. Usually throw a little, some blurbs out there. i follow my good buddy Bob Estes a lot and David Toms and Mark Kalkavecki. All the guys that are old like me, I follow all of them and we the usually throw some, uh, out there. I tell you what I especially love listening to is uh, Curtis Strange. Curtis always has a lot of really good things that he he throws out there and, and uh, great competitor, great guy. And uh you know, I'm just I'm just so delighted to be on your show. Anytime you want me on, Chris, I'll come and I just want to thank all the men and women serving in our armed forces all across the world. Thank you so much for providing that blanket of freedom for all of us.
0: Well, Bob, I can't thank you enough for continuing to be generous with your time and coming back. Always a a fun time having you as part of the show. I look forward to catching up and having you back on again real soon.
1: Anytime, Chris. God bless. And uh, let's get this thing cranked up and watch some sports.
0: There you go. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon.
1: Thanks, Chris. Talk to you
0: later. You bet. That's a great Bob friend and uh, Bob friend underscore golf on social media. He's a great follow and he's a great guy. And like I say, you know, you go back and you look a guy who has been on as often as Bob has going all the way back to episode number three at the beginning of this show. um, What can you say about that? What a wonderful friend. What a wonderful gift that is to have him continue to come back and and we'll keep staying up to date with him. Hopefully we get him back on the show again soon.